Good afternoon. Thank you all for surviving the day. It's uh, already uh, the last panel of the day. It went very fast. For those of us uh, who were in uh, China last week in, uh, in Shanghai, it's been uh, quite uh, uh, an interesting uh, two-day forum, really. Uh, we debated uh, quite nicely in, uh, in Shanghai, and uh, today we have, uh, I think, all enjoyed the uh, discussions during the day. Obviously, Japan is the th third largest uh, economy in the world. The, in terms of ship owning, uh, is the second largest uh, country in terms of value of ships. And uh, for all of us coming from abroad, coming here obviously shows that we are very much interested to work with Japanese interests. And uh, we are very much uh, open to discuss and uh, find ways of uh, working together. As far as we are concerned, Columbia Ship Management, we have been uh, working with uh, quite a number of Japanese clients. We have been coming here since uh, 1997 at least, when we at that time started our cooperation with one of the larger uh, companies, NYK. And I can tell you that the experience that we have at, um, uh, seen in Japan is that obviously it's very hard to start uh, a relationship, it takes time, but once you are already started uh, working with a company, it takes uh, a really um, uh, a lot of effort to keep uh, the, the partner satisfied, but it's a real partnership. And um, having said that, I have to confess that uh, when Capital Link requested for us to support with the organizing of the, of the conference in uh, in Japan, we had uh, uh, no choice, and uh, it was a clear decision for us that we would uh, uh, support by inviting our friends and uh, colleagues as well to the uh, conference. And I would like to take the opportunity to, help, to thank everybody for being uh, here today. And um, I would, uh, at this point, like to introduce a panel or let me just ask the panelists to introduce themselves. Uh, let's start with uh, Marco. Hi. Hello. Uh, my name is Marco Fiori. I think uh, I've met some, most of the people who are in this room. I've been coming to Japan for many, many years. I'm probably better known for the company I was working before than for the one I'm working now. It is Premuda. It is an Italian company. Uh, I heard somebody about the 100-year mark. I think Premuda was started in, two, in once, 1907, so we are at the 112-year mark. So it is a kind of a long uh, brand and long generation business. We are owners of uh, dry cargo ships and tankers. Uh, we have a fleet uh, that uh, when I joined the company a few months ago, and we have a very clear uh, concept of expanding and uh, that's why I'm also, why I'm in Japan, that uh, I think this is the perfect market to bring new ideas and to rely on old friendships uh, that, uh, that you have uh, accumulated in your life. Philippos. Good afternoon to everybody. I'm the CEO of Lemisolar Navigation. 
established 25 years ago. Uh, the first 15 years of its life has been dealing with container lines, and we have been acting as connected carrier for all the Japanese companies, uh, like NYK, Mitsui, K-Line, and I think uh, the experience we did uh, was amazing. Very loyal and very punctual in everything. Uh, we were very happy uh, cooperating with all these lines. Since we sold the lines and we, we, we switched to dry bulk market, uh, the last 10 years we lost a little bit the relationship with Japan, uh, but we are seeking to develop uh, more uh, in all uh, aspects of, uh, of the shipping. At this moment, we operate uh, 12 own dry bulk, uh, bulk carriers. We have four uh, under construction and additional eight uh, as option. We are a small company, but what we, we always do, we try to differentiate from the peers. Uh, we always co-design our ships with the aim uh, to have um, better efficiency and reduce our operating expenses. And this is done because we have a, an in-house uh, engineering group with naval architects and all the capabilities necessary to work out all details of, of our ships in order to achieve this goal. Uh, the last uh, eight ships that we got delivery uh, back in 19, uh, 2017 um, are considered the best of the peers, and this is because exactly all our endeavors have been working towards achieving the goals of uh, being more efficient and, more, and having less operating expenses. Very important is to say that uh, uh, we are analyzing a lot also the big data. As drive-back operators at this moment, we develop in-house an artificial intelligence, intelligence system working the last four years. And uh, uh, the aim of this system is to uh, at least make a forecast of the market and achieve better utilization, optimize operation, and maybe increase our, uh, our revenue. It looks like the system will work positively. Of course, we always suffer with the unstructured data, the black swans and everything that disturbs or disrupts the market. Um, I think this is for the time. For the time. Thank you, Philip. Uh, thank you for hearing us. Martin. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Martin Wade, uh, CEO of uh, Grindrod Shipping Holdings. And this is my 42nd year in, in shipping. So uh, I think someone alluded to earlier, one of the shipyards, about good markets and bad markets. Yeah, we haven't had many. Greenrod Shipping Holdings was, was listed uh, on the NASDAQ uh, last June. It was a spin-off, not an IPO spin-off, from our parent company, Greenrod Limited, which is a 110-year-old company. And we operate uh, under two uh, brands, Island View, Island View Shipping, IVS, which uh, controls 34 bulk carriers, 30 of them built in Japan, and also operates uh, an annual cargo base, core base of seven to eight million tons, uh, of which some of those uh, contracts we've had for 40 years. And uh, Unicorn Tankers, which has been going over 70 years, which has 10 uh, product tankers, uh, five MRs that, uh, that run uh, with Vitol, and the other smaller ones run on the Merce Tankers pool. 
Hi, everyone. This is uh, Kyriakos Panagidis. I'm the managing director of AAL. AAL is in existence for 25 years, almost 25 years. With regards to Japan, we have been cooperating with Japanese uh, cargo interest uh, since day one. We started initially with the liner service uh, connecting Japan, China, Korea, and uh, Australia. And uh, over the last uh, four or five years, we have been uh, a global uh, leading uh, player in the multi-purpose heavy lift uh, sector. We, we are among the, the five biggest uh, companies in, in our sector. We have been dealing with, uh, with Japanese uh, EPCs, logistics, and uh, commodity trading uh, houses uh, on a global scale. And uh, we, are, we are happy and very proud that uh, we have maintained such uh, relationships for almost 25 years. And we're here to even uh, strengthen this uh, further. I'm also 25, uh, 27 years in the, in the industry, coming from, from various uh, uh, experience in, in, in multiple segments of the shipping industry. And uh, throughout my experience, Japan has been a major driving force of the uh, entire maritime industry. And uh, I, th I have a strong belief that uh, uh, that will continue in the years to come. Thank you, gentlemen. I think it's interesting to talk uh, uh, just a little bit on the markets, how the ship owners internationally see the markets before we move uh, into Japan. Maybe Martin can start with uh, tankers and uh, Marco as well to comment on the tankers. Hopeful. Uh, IMO 2020, we're in the product sector. I think IMO 2020 for both wet and dry is a game changer. Uh, ships will be steaming, uh, steaming slower. On the product tanker sector, the 350, maybe 400 active bunker ports in the world, most with one tank, one barge. Will they be full of dirty or clean? It's going to be clean product, and that product has to be moved from Middle East, uh, India, Asia, towards the West. It's going to take time. Uh, we suspect we're going to end up with floating storage. Um, it's exciting times, so uh, confident. But then again, we're ship owners. We have to be optimistic, don't we? Um, on my side, I think we are also looking a little bit at the product uh, sector. I come from a company that had a lot big explosion of products, so I think probably a little bit more familiar with that. Uh, I think in Premuda, we very much believe that 2020 is going to be a, a turning point, a year where you're going to have disruption, and normally disruption play kind of positively in shipping. Uh, it's going to be very similar. I heard this morning that reminded a little bit of the 1990s before... Uh, Double, uh, double hull was implemented. So I think there is going to be some, uh, some big uh, changes uh, brought by uh, IMO changes, but also brought by this total disruption will mean uh, slow steaming, uh, uh, new products to be transported to new destinations. So I think there's going to be a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, uh, chaos a little bit in the market. And normally product tankers are the kind of ship that bring normality and uh, bring normally uh, redistribute things around in the market. So I think for tankers, it's going to be a good market starting uh, probably Q3, Q4 of uh, this year, getting ready and then moving forward. Thank you. So rather positive, uh, at least in the short uh, term for the tankers. Uh, Kiriagos, you operate in a very niche market. 
Would you like to tell us a little bit about that and if there is any interaction as well with the bulk carriers? There's always interaction with the bulk carriers. Our desperate uh, <laughs> bulk carriers here, they always intrude into our, into our sector, into our traditional multi-purpose uh, uh, cargo we always fight on a daily basis. Well, uh, may I use one familiar expression? I mean, from next year, everything's going to be great. Great. <laughs> we've, been, we've been saying that the last 10 years. <laughs> well, uh, at least uh, in shipping, everybody will have to admit that uh, at least this time round, we have the fundamentals in place. What we need is the geopolitical to be uh, an alliance, which we don't have it. We see the geopolitical uh, factor uh, influencing uh, we see trade uh, tensions, we see protectionists, we see, uh, we see people in power uh, affecting the, the demand, uh, more or less, as we've got the supply okay so far. So what we, are, what we are pretty much conscious about, although we maintain optimism, although we maintain our, our strong uh, uh, positive uh, uh, mood, uh, we still have to face some uh, geopolitical uh, uh, situations coming uh, most of the time from the U.S. On the breakback and, and heavy lift sector, I think uh, we have uh, the healthiest uh, supply front. When you compare that with uh, bulk carriers, tankers, and containers, uh, very few uh, ships on order book and those ships will only be replacing all tonnage. When you look, in, when you look into the age profile, we've got uh, around 35% of the conventional uh, uh, light multipurpose ships uh, over the age of 20 years old. So these scrap yards are waiting for them to, to head towards them. We have a very, very healthy uh, supply front. On the demand side, we had uh, our worst years in history, the last uh, couple of years because uh, we're dealing with, uh, with major projects in oil and gas, mining, uh, infrastructure, and uh, renewable and wind energy. So when you look into the oil and gas uh, industry, there was hardly any, any projects going on the last three years, as there was hardly any capex. When you look into the mining industry, same again, uh, just, uh, just a fraction of... of, of of capital expenditure in new projects, expansion, so we haven't, we haven't seen much of activity in that sector as well. The only sector which kept us uh, going, it's a little bit of infrastructure in the, in the Pacific economies, and, uh, and the, the one which kept us uh, going was uh, really the wind energy with windmills uh, maintaining a healthy growth uh, uh, performance over the last years. It's really uh, a niche market, but you can talk a lot. So yeah, let's talk. move on to Philippos. I can talk for <laughs> days, yes. <laughs> Off you go. Bulk carriers, Philippos. Yeah. It's good that Gilles did cover also the bulk carrier sector. <laughs> uh, I think the dry market, uh, 2019, uh, found its footing uh, in, the, in the recent week, weeks. Uh, this, is, this was not unexpected. Uh, I think the spot market rebound, despite the fact that uh, there was a resuspension of the Valles uh, um, mine, uh, I think Brugodou with 30 million tons. And uh, 
actually this signifies again that uh, the market declined substantially because of rather the sentiment and not lack of cargo. Uh, I think Brazil, Australia are firming, uh, and practically uh, the market is also supported by the historically low uh, supply of uh, new ships, uh, specifically in the mid-sized sector where we are active. Uh, we have very few uh, new building uh, ships coming into the water, uh, and this helps a lot uh, the market to uh, keep at least a firm uh, position. Um, on the other side, uh, if we see um, the impact that soya being especially out of U.S. to uh, China due to the 25% uh, tax, uh, initially uh, calculating through our uh, data banks, uh, there were missing 3 million tons, and we were afraid that the impact was there and might affect in the long run the, the market. Uh, but this, is, this didn't happen. Practically, on the other side, China managed to import exactly the soya beans that it was uh, uh, expected, and uh, this was um, calculated out of uh, East Coast South America. And we saw that uh, although before there was no import uh, from U.S. to South America, a lot of U.S. soya bean was going to South America and then from there to uh, China. So the measures didn't impact that big, but influenced the, the sentiment, and the sentiment is, uh, is practically at this moment our worst enemy. Uh, However, uh, we see uh, a continuous uh, tension between U.S. and China, and I think uh, this doesn't allow the market to settle and keep the, uh, the firm uh, developing or restating of the, of the rates. We still have a lot to go until we have uh, healthy rates and uh, allow the companies to make decent profit decently. Thank you, Filipos. Marco, this is your uh, core uh, market as well. Anything to add? No, I, I think um, <clears throat> I think we're also active on, on dry, uh, especially on the smaller side. I think that there are some positive signals. Uh, I think the market is potentially looking better than it used, especially for certain segments. Uh, however, as, uh, as Philippos was saying, that sentiment is their worst enemies. Uh, I think for tankers, sentiment at this moment is our best friend. I think sentiment is much stronger on the tanker side. And uh, I think that uh, you're going to feel probably a lot of the impact of, what, of what's happening now, probably more on the tankers, especially product tankers. So uh, I'm positive about both segments. I think it's very true that... Uh, there is lower deliveries uh, for many reasons. I think finally the supply is, uh, is turning down. I think uh, uh, I always ask uh, uh, my colleagues that please refrain from ordering new ships because that's the worst thing we can do to the market, at least for a certain period of time. There's plenty of very good tonnage on the water. But I think that finally I think uh, there is some uh, rationality and sanity uh, is, uh, is coming in the market. Thank you. 
It's, it's been mentioned on the geopolitical uh, developments, the, the Trump effect and uh, the war between the, the economic war between China and U.S. And I think the trade agreement between Japan and uh, U.S. is coming up for renegotiation as well. Martin, what is your feedback as well, having this into account? Well, I think it just goes down to sentiment. I mean, the shipping need, need, needs positive sentiment. Um, with no new buildings coming, IMO is a game changer. Uh, a lot of ships unable to slow steam. We, we stand a real chance. We've just got to get through uh, probably the next three, six months. Trade war, I don't know. Speaking to Julian earlier, he scared the hell out of me when he said that uh, it's, it's turning very negative in, in Shanghai about America. We could do with, a, we, we could do with an agreement. that The market needs sentiment. Um, Japan... Obviously, like, like, you know, I live in Singapore. All the countries out here rely on a good Japanese market for, 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 to trade with and exports, and there's no doubting we've seen a slowdown, and uh, it's not good. So I don't think it's going to take much, and it could possibly be just the sentiment. Uh, I think forget the hockey stick. I think we're now looking for a V-shaped recovery. Yes. <laughs> Kiriagos, how does this affect your business? <clears throat> It certainly does. I mean, not only us, it's, it's, it's the whole shipping industry which is affected. And when we're here in Japan, Japan is also affected. I mean, we always hear U.S.-China trade tension. This basically affects the whole world. Uh, when you look into, into the uh, exports of China, the majority of, of there's quite a significant uh, uh, percentage there, which is the supply chain of Chinese exports goods. Uh, derives from Korea, derives from Japan, derives from, from Southeast Asia. So it's not just the Chinese export, it's the whole supply chain coming towards the finished goods which goes out from Japan, likewise uh, U.S. So any, any trade tensions between U.S. and, and uh, China, we have seen it already. I mean, yesterday we've we, we seen uh, China's reaction to U.S., and then we've seen Nasdaq went down by 2-3%. So it's, it's, it's a chain reaction which affects uh, not only China, U.S., but uh, the whole world. And uh, Japan will also be affected. Japan's uh, main, uh, main trade uh, partners is, is U.S. and China, the top two. So if this uh, story goes on, and uh, it affects uh, uh, ultimately uh, all of us here, not on this panel, but uh, all of us here in this, in this room, and outside. So as far as uh, multi-purpose and heavy lift, yes, we, are, we will be uh, strongly affected because uh, Japan exports includes also project cargo, includes uh, machinery, includes uh, everything. And uh, we, we keep our fingers crossed uh, that uh, this should be over soon. And as you said, uh, what's coming next is Japan and, and U.S. Uh, trade agreement. That's another big warning uh, element coming up knowing that uh, U.S. and uh, Mr. Trump is unpredictable. In, if he, if he touches uh, on the vehicles, it will, it will certainly affect uh, Japan. Uh, yeah, we keep a close monitor, and there's nothing we can do other than uh, <laughs> fingers crossed, always. Thank you. Let's just concentrate a little bit more on, uh, on Japan. And uh, could you please uh, let us know the links of your own company with the Japanese uh, market? I think partly it has been covered, but perhaps uh, Marco can start with that. Well, I think the links, uh, the links are, are enormous in my life. Uh, 
I think I've been 23 years in shipping and probably have been uh, the last 21 years coming to Japan at least uh, twice a year. So I think I have a very strong bond towards this country, uh, professional and also kind of emotional. Uh, I think that uh, Japan has always been in, uh, in a very reliable partner for people who have been able to operate within this environment. Certainly, it's not easy to, to come in, to be accepted. It's kind of a very club with very tight rules to come in. But if you follow the, the rules of the club, there's certainly still very huge rewards to be, to, be, to be gained. For example, there is a strong partners who will always maintain what they've been telling you. There is, as an advantage, a very good source of financing that's available in Japan. Uh, I think that, uh, I think it's once, I think, uh, not, not to overemphasize this, uh, I think is uh, being able to operate in Japan, it is a little bit of, uh, of uh, like, like playing in, uh, in, 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 in a major club league, I think. Uh, it means that uh, you've been able to do something to play with the, with the best people of the, of the world. So I think Japan has certainly been always a very strong partner for, uh, for me on the shipping side, on the financial side. I think it's, uh, it's been a, an incredible experience and a very positive one. Thank you. Martin? I've been doing business in Japan over 35 years. It was interesting when I thought about it, back to when we were general agents, when I was a broker in London for NYK. As Island View, the first deal was done in 94, and it's fantastic. And uh, when I took over 10-odd years ago, uh, we were doing business in Japan, and then we had the rest of the market to look at. And yes, Marco, I sat on an awful lot of sofas very patiently, and then managed to, uh, to have a lunch, and then a dinner, and there are certain individuals sitting in the room who shall remain nameless that we now have ships on long period from. It, it's a wonderful market, but we're here for a reason. It's quality. Can I uh, safely assume that, uh, that you had sake to, at dinner? Sake and karaoke, yes. Yeah, uh, they go together, trust <laughs> goes, me. Goes with the territory. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but the sake first. <laughs> and, but we're here for a reason. It, it's quality, and uh, as people have said, it's the trust. Uh, they built for us in terms of the bulk of the best ships in the world. They honor what they do. And yes, the panels earlier were talking about it, it's a higher expense. It is a higher expense, but at our level of the market, with, with the hand is supers, ultras, 40-year contracts, people put us to put in quality ships. We put in quality ships. We get it back through performance and, of course, resale. And I think with IMO 2020 slow steaming, I think the world is going to become very aware very quickly of which ships can slow steam economically and which can't. And of course, Japan has been building ships since the 1980s that can slow steam. So very, very positive indeed. Oh, and you honor every deal you do here. You don't question it as a heads up. Just wearing my, my hat of uh, the ship manager before I move to Philippos, I can confirm that out of our fleet of uh, 300 and so uh, ships, the we are managing eight uh, bulk carriers from Japanese shipyards, which are, they are all less than four years old, and they are really, truly the most uh, efficient uh, vessels as far as uh, speed and consumption is concerned in our fleet. Philippos. Um, okay, I do not agree 100%. Uh, we are building in China since uh, 2000. Uh, we are a small company uh, that was very difficult for us to get uh, any shipyard in, in Japan to uh, build for us. 
this was also the main reason why we explore our uh, opportunities in, in China. Uh, the substantial difference between the Japanese and the Chinese ship is that, uh, the, uh, specifically in Tri, where I am uh, expert at this moment, uh, the Japanese ships are lighter, they are shallow draft, whereas the Chinese ships are more, they weigh at least on mid-range 2,000 lightweight more than the Japanese, so they are, in order to cope with the uh, the cargo capacity, they increase uh, uh, the draft, but efficient, uh, they are as much as the hull is optimized. So the Chinese uh, are doing good optimization as well as the Japanese. Uh, the engines are more or less the same. You have an MI engine from uh, made in, uh, in Japan under license or an engine made in, in China under license. Uh, the, it's true that the, uh, the performance so far of the Japanese vessels is better, and the most important thing is the resale, the resale price. Uh, because the money you pay at, up front, you get those at the end, and over the period you have a better uh, chartering opportunity. This is true. Uh, at this moment, uh, after our container experience where we had very close link, links with Japanese companies. At this moment, what we, what we are doing, uh, we are uh, practically transporting cargo. We are bringing in quite substantial grains, a uh, few millions a year uh, out of US Gulf, and a lot of copper concentrates out of West Coast South America. And this was also the reason why the last, uh, the previous order for us was 190 meter uh, length overall because quite a number of Japanese ports, they are limited to, they have a, an LOA restriction and uh, our ships they are perfectly suitable. Also uh, because of the parcels uh, of the copper concentrates, 11,000 per parcel, so we can accommodate easily uh, five parcels plus 10%. Uh, Therefore, we have a lot of business uh, bringing in from uh, specifically Chile to Japan, uh, a lot of copper concentrate, concentrates. Out of Japan, we get slack to mainly in Persia, Pers uh, Persian Gulf and uh, some steels to various destinations. Uh, we are seeking to develop relationships with uh, uh, Japanese yards. We have... Um, a lot to offer and to gain if we build up this relationship and hopefully virtual also with uh, financing institutions uh, where we can uh, conclude to packages. So, this so, so we have an owner already who is willing to, to, <laughs> to have a discussion on new building uh, uh, ships yes. as well as financing. Kiriagos, very quickly, we only have eight minutes, please. So just very quickly what your company is doing here. <laughs> no pressure. Um, yeah, uh, as I said, we're looking into major projects, Project Cargo. Uh, predominantly with Japan, we are focusing on uh, certain existing projects in Japan, mainly in uh, power stations and uh, wind farms. Uh, of course, Japan as a heavy industry produces its own uh, components, its own cargos. Uh, 
not much of, of sea transportation, unlike other other projects in in, uh, in the rest of the world. Uh, there's uh, currently just uh, maybe for the audience uh, information, of course, some data here. There's currently in our radar, in our data intelligence uh, department, we have uh, uh, monitoring 25 main projects here existing, and there's another uh, there's another 18 main projects which are already announced. Uh, majority, as I said, in in power stations, hydropower and uh, renewables, uh, wind energy farms. There's, uh, there's also Japanese involvement, like uh, the EPCs and uh, logistics, involved in 47 uh, uh, worldwide projects. Uh, Japan has a strong influence in, uh, in uh, basically everywhere, uh, but majority in Southeast Asia. Uh, mainly Indonesia with oil and gas and, uh, again, power projects. In, uh, in the Arabian Gulf, with uh, both oil and gas and uh, power stations. In uh, in US, uh, mainly oil and gas again. In Canada, with uh, the so-called major Canada LNG, with uh, uh, Japanese EPCs being involved in logistics. And uh, this is where we, we have uh, partnerships with uh, our Japanese uh, uh, partners looking into worldwide projects. In terms of the uh, machinery, which is in the main exports, there's been some uh, slowdown in the, in, in the last uh, months, year-on-year uh, uh, -year comparison. And that, again, of course, it, it affects the, the trade tensions. In terms of, of steel and iron, uh, there's an there's increase in, uh, in growth uh, seen in the in the Japan uh, Southeast Asia uh, trades, but there is a, a major uh, deterioration in the Japan U.S. Uh, trade, as we have seen the first uh, months showing 21% uh, uh, detraction. Um, major major partners of of U.S. that we are involved is is uh, U.S. trades that we are covering. Australia, which uh, we're, we pretty much have 70% uh, of market share as a company there, and, uh, and of course, uh, intra-Asia. Thank you. We only have a few minutes left, so let's move uh, a very quick uh, question to everybody, closing remarks about your experience doing business in uh, Japan, any advice you may have uh, towards the Japanese counterparts or towards international owners who wish to do business in, uh, in Japan. Maybe um, we start with Marco. Okay. Uh, well, I think, uh, I think the advice I can give, it's, uh, I think uh, I would like to take what Martin just said. Uh, reliability. Once you take a commitment, you, be, you must be ready to carry it for the rest of, uh, of, the, of the duration of that commitment. Uh, I think uh, as we expect here and we enjoy the benefit of having uh, Japanese counterparts as very reliable partners, uh, we have also to be ready to play on the same rules, on the same play level field. And so we have to be always willing to back up the commitments that we have. I think this is the first rule. 
And uh, the second rule probably is uh, uh, rather than making a bad deal in Japan, it's better not to make a deal. So and uh, I think it's very important, the, the aspect of reliability, performance, uh, because it is, uh, it, is, uh, it is something expected, we expect it, and I think we have to give it back. So this is my only and outmost advice uh, for, uh, for my colleagues, but I'm sure most of them know it already. Philippos. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think we have done great experience with the Japanese uh, companies, and uh, we are looking for forward to develop new relationship. I think before, as Sun said, the size of a company is not that important, but it's a quality, etc. I, I like it very much. Uh, let uh, the Japanese uh, shipyards, uh, owners, uh, banks, look at quality small European owners. I think it makes sense. Uh, both of us will benefit out of this. Thank you. Martin? Patience, to be honest. <laughs> if you, you expect to walk into Japan, bang the table and demand, no matter how much money you've got, it's probably not going to work. Therefore, patience, build a relationship. It, it, it's old-fashioned. If they trust you, Japanese trust you, and vice versa, you'll do business. As Marco said, don't do a bad deal. And when you do shake hands on a deal, my word, my bond, it's as simple That's as that. It, yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic here. you just got to work at it, yeah. yeah but once you're in, you're in. And it's well worth it, but you've got to get there. Thank and you. the karaoke and the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Going back to that sake. <laughs> Gentlemen, I will uh, ask Kiriagos uh, for closing remarks. So before he starts, anything <laughs> that the uh, other uh, gentlemen like to say? Kiriagos. For those of you who are not aware, Kiriagos and I work from uh, work within the same group of companies so this is why we have the chance to talk uh, in the way we do together we used to be good colleagues <laughs> anyhow so yeah uh, as far as we are concerned uh, i share uh, what the other co-panelists already expressed it's a relationship however before you approach uh, the japan market make sure you have a track record make sure you have a quality track record performance and you've got uh, the fundamentals there. And you just keep trying, keep trying. Patience, as, uh, that, was, uh, that was a really nice spot on uh, uh, advice. And uh, yeah, once you're there and once you achieve that, then uh, it's a partnership. It cannot be clients and service provider. It's a partnership at the end of the day. It's got to have a deal with a mutual benefit and it's got to have uh, uh, my word my bond, and that's another, another uh, good uh, motto there. Uh, thank you. I'm done. Gentlemen, thanks a lot. Uh, uh, thank you also to the audience. I, must, uh, I would like to copy uh, a phrase of uh, Dr. Stopford in the morning where he very simply said that shipping companies first need to survive if they are to grow. We all work effectively for the ship owners. Uh, quite a number of us are here uh, serving the ship owners, and, uh, and I believe that it's very interesting also for um, uh, the ship owning side to have the chance to elaborate their thoughts and ideas towards uh, the Japanese colleagues uh, sitting here. Thank you. Um, obviously, uh, shipping needs Japan, and Japan needs shipping. Thank you. Uh -huh.